of settling into retreat and the territory that we enter with meditation. This is depth territory in which the various reflexes, memories, habits, sorrows, joys and transcendent virtues of the citta, the heart, can arise and become prevalent. And it's important to to know this territory and understand how to operate within it. And clearly, normally we operate within a particular territory, sense consciousness. You know, sense consciousness, I see something, I'm separate from what I see. It's out there. I hear something, I'm separate from that. I'm a separate entity, and there's a world around me, sights, sounds that I can move around in. And uh, you know, I'm a separate entity within that. Uh, and that kind of works, except it doesn't resolve many of the basic conundrums of, um, you know, memory. How come we're not separated from our memories? Uh, they, they, they come flooding in. Uh, you know, our emotional nature, I feel very much mingled and merged with that, and very much a part of it. And, you know, so this is different territory, when you enter the territory of citta, heart, which is like the inner consciousness, the heart consciousness, or consciousness of heart, heart-based consciousness, heart of consciousness, <laughs> however you want to put it. It's a different domain. <laughs> yeah. Because here, you know, every action, every response that you affect changes everything. Yeah. Everything that you experience is, is shaping you, affecting you, and you're, you're in it. You're not separate from it. Uh, so the rule has to be harmony. Harmony has to be the rule. <laughs> Coexistence, harmony. You know, no pushing, no forcing, no running away, no shutting down. You know, which are the things we can do in the sensory world. We can switch things off. We can turn another direction. We can run away. We can and so forth. But here you can't. This is, this is the inner territory. And so you have to learn different strategies or different protocols. And the fundamental protocol has to be harmonious. You've got to learn to be with this and operate within it and have a loving quality. Because the, the beauty of the inner domain is that, um, you know, we can't that we can't operate in terms of grabbing and pushing and making things happen. We can operate in terms of loving and forgiving and uh, releasing and rejoicing and honouring and, uh, you know, heart-based qualities of a tremendous potency. Uh, and it's a potential that we sometimes forget or don't really... Uh, fully uh, activate when we're living in the sensory domain because clearly seemingly me me feeling loving towards a a bus doesn't change it at all <laughs> you know me feeling compassionate towards um, you know an aeroplane doesn't do anything with it you know 
external objects, but internally, in the domain of the heart, these are really powerful and necessary energies. They're not just ideas and theories and good ideas. They are, they are powerful healing energies that we need to get a sense for and confidence in uh, and allow the space for them to operate. Uh, you know, one can very well agree with that as an idea, but feel I don't feel particularly loving or compassionate. I feel a bit miserable and saddened and uh, agitated. Where does this stuff come from? <laughs> where do I bring out the loving kindness and compassion? Where do I where do I get that from? So well. Uh, it's not quite like that, uh, you know. The person doesn't do it. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean the person doesn't do it? Well, that idea of who you think you are, right? That's another quality that arises within this domain, and it's one of the problems. In the, in the sensory world, it's a necessary feature, but in this domain, it's actually problematic. Because uh, it's, uh, it's based upon the protocols of the sensory world. It's got boundaries, it's defended, it, it acquires, it makes things happen. And that acts in a disharmonious way in the, in the heart territory. Yeah? The person is something that's generated in the normal sensory sphere. Yeah, I'm walking around, I'm getting a job, I'm feeding the dog, I'm whatever I'm doing, and I get things done and I move on to the next thing. Okay, fine. You're operating in a world of objects. And so the, the person operates in that particular way with whatever skills or energy she or he or they have. Yeah. Uh, but they're separate from it. They're making it do things. They're feeding the dog. They're going to work. They're fixing the house. They're definitely making things happen that are external to themselves. Now that doesn't that doesn't work in the domain of the heart. It's actually disharmonious. There's a certain deep humility that's required, uh, which is a blessing. Uh, and also a sense of somehow there can be a, a relief that I don't, I don't have to do this. You know, I don't have to sort everything out. I don't have to try and bring out some goodwill and loving kindness, you know, which is, I'm feeling really quite difficult. You know, so what does then? Where do these things come from? So I'll say something else. I'll say that uh, the heart has a centre to it. It's not a centre you can necessarily see, or you can't see or imagine it, but it's a central composure, a central clarity, or a central steadiness. Yeah, And this is what I've been trying to encourage with the sense of the uprightness and the groundedness. It's a given. It's a given. Before we knew who we were, we are. Before we had a name, 
We are. Before we had an identity, we are. Yeah. There's presence. Okay. Yeah. It's like when you're doing all kinds of things and you get to a point where you, you wonder what to do and you pause and you what is going on. You don't know what to do, you don't know what the next step is, and you just calm down with that. You feel a sense of strength. When the actions stop, when the actions of the person stop, and the reactions of the person stop, and the doubts of the person stop, there's presence. And so the person isn't an ultimate truth. It's a construction that the chitta, the heart, makes in order to function in this sensory world. Now, when we come into this heart realm, increasingly, we just say, well, let's go to the real centre of knowing, the centre of the awareness, the knowingness, where it's just the quiet, things are like this now. This is a nice way to to uh, to realize the sense. You don't exactly find it; you remember it. You realize it. So, very simple meditation is. It's like this now. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> what do you mean it's like this now? Well, however it is now. It's like this, isn't it? It's, things are shifting and changing, and some are pleasant, unpleasant. There's kind of energies running around or stagnant, but it's like this. So you, you wake to it, you wake up to it. You may not want it to be like this. Absolutely. I would like it to be another way, but it's like this now. So in that moment, when you have that kind of attitude, what happens? Your heart awareness just opens. And we're not saying it's good or bad or want it to be anything. We're not saying it should change or shouldn't change. It's like this. And... (laughs) Now that gives you a, a, a very simple reference, a realization experience, whereby the, the volition, the intention to make things happen, which is very much the key tool of the person, their impulse, their volition, their decision to make it happen, and this, that, and the other, that intention is relaxed. We're not going to make anything happen nor are we going to stop anything happening. Now, this can be a little bit nerve-wracking, you know, but we're saying, okay, in this particular territory, we've established a certain safety and boundary, right? And you're feeling your body, and that's very important, and you feel the ground beneath you, that's there, and the space around you, that's there, right? Now, what is going to happen? Probably... Emotions, attitudes, energies will come, arise, yeah? In other words, the heart domain opens up, and some of this is unresolved or unpleasant or discordant or agitated. 
that happens. Now, if we get more agitated around it, then the agitation increases. If we think, what am I supposed to do about this? Confusion occurs. And if we say, well, just stop it, shut it down, then we get tense and contracted. So these are the strategies of the person, you know, either kind of like fight, faint, fudge, run all, you know. If we stop doing that, if it's possible to stop doing that, and just that it's like this now, remaining using your body, sitting in your body, and feeling your body as as a refuge, as something to feel steadied by, then there's a possibility that a certain openness is facilitated, which allows some of these turbulences to to wash through and change and whatever. So there are certain supports for that, and what I've suggested before, and I'll say it again, is that there's a close connection between the domain of the heart and embodiment. Either the same thing or they run in the same way. When I talk about embodiment, I'm not talking specifically about your your anatomy, your knees and your chin and your bones and your organs, I'm talking about the sense of being a body. And that also includes the sense you have of the ground beneath you and the space around you. So that sense of being a body in a space, in a context, and how that feels. Now, anybody who looks at someone meditating, oh, it looks very peaceful there. There's just sitting there. There's totally settled on the ground, a lot of space around. Nobody's bothering. It must be very peaceful there because their body, no pressure on it, nothing to do. It must be very relaxing. But the person themselves, the meditator themselves, doesn't necessarily feel that way (laughs) because the space of embodiment, which is there, the chitta isn't actually tuning into it. The heart isn't tuning into it. The heart instead is tuning into its own territory in which there could be a considerable amount of crowded stuff happening. Yeah. There's no space in my heart. It's full of all this, this, that, and this, that, and this, that. Hmm? There's no firm ground in my heart. It's swaying and oscillating. It doesn't quite know where to be or what I'm supposed to do. You know, there's, no, there's no space. There's no ground in my heart. There's no, it's just all that. You know, so I would try to go into my heart space and get rid of these turbulent feelings or, or move them away or explain them so I understand and I stop them happening. Um, that could be a process you might want to do, yeah, and it could be useful. But the big but is, 
in that situation, you're probably good to get somebody else and talk it through with them. If you want to do this on your own, what I really recommend is you bring that heart into the body, into your embodiment. Because the embodiment has a lot of space and a lot of deep, firm ground in it. And that will provide your chitta, your heart, with the sense of groundedness and the sense of space in which some of these turbulent um, qualities can be given the room to move. So do you see what I mean? If I'm, say, you know, in a railway station and there's lots of people running around catching trains or whatever people do in railway stations, it can seem very crowded. There's lots of people moving around. If I'm not interested in them, I'm not bothered by them, I'm not worried by them, I'm not anxious about them, I don't feel judgmental towards them, to what extent do they actually get into me? Probably not at all. I can feel my heart quite spacious because there's just stuff happening, but it doesn't get into me. Now, if in that crowded railway station there's two people I know (laughs) having a quarrel, right, that would get into me. (laughs) Yeah, and the rest of the, whatever else happened in the railway station, I probably wouldn't even notice that much. I'd be totally absorbed in the fact these two dear friends of mine are having an argument or getting upset. So that, that emotional interest becomes that which my chitta attunes to and fills itself up with. The emotional interest in something. And mostly, I'm I'm mostly interested in suffering. (laughs) Because, as as an example can be, you know, if you have a thorn in your thumb, you've got these ten digits, and you have a thorn just a small thorn sticking in the tip of your thumb and you've got ten fingers. Which do you, what do you notice? The nine comfortable ones or the one painful one? For sure it's the one painful one you notice because that is something that you feel, oh, you know, I've got to get rid of that. The sign of pain or conflict attracts us, not because we like it, but because we feel we have to somehow get rid of it. It shouldn't be here. We must do something about it. So that's a very powerful trigger for the chitta. And so because of that, what the chitta notices are areas where there's something a little bit rough or not so fulfilled or a bit unpleasant there or saddened there or really quite worried there, you know. There are lots of thorns around, seemingly, and we get full of them. Jitta fills with it. Till, in fact, it loses space. And the agitation of doing all this, getting rid of stuff, means the jitta doesn't have that restful ground anymore. It's, it's running, it's running, so it hasn't got that restful grounded state. 
Now with the statement, it's like this now, even if it's really quite unpleasant in places, it happens to be true. Yeah, so it's true, isn't it? It's not a fantasy. Then, in fact, you do find ground. The jitta, there's a truthfulness, there's a, there's a sense of, okay, that's how it is now. That gives you a groundedness. And around that, some sense of stability occurs. And when the stability occurs, this quiet center, which I'll call Buddha, because then you get an idea of the image. Buddha sitting in the middle of the world. So that's that's the beginning of your Buddha, where you say it's like this. And that Buddha rises and is aware of the world around. And instead of, oh no, oh my goodness, how did that happen? And what about, it's, a, it's like this now. And the quality of compassion spreads from that Buddha. Quality of something more compassionate, more loving, more joyful, more equanimous, begins to move by itself. Because if we can't get rid of what we don't like, if we can't make things go the way we want them to, and those strategies are stopped, what happens is the heart has to open in a quality of humility, openness, could be, you know, and this certain qualities may arise and you may call them forgiveness or making peace with or releasing or compassionate. Heart qualities start to happen spontaneously when we have found that stable place. And we use the body as a guide to finding that stable place. Basically because Without the body, what will occur is when the heart feels these pressures and tangles, it jumps towards the thinking mind to sort it out. Because that's what we've been doing for most of our lives. We, we get into something and then we think about what we're going to do about it. Right? That's the normal strategy of the sensory world. Thinking mind is always separate from reality from what's, experienced, what's being experienced, it sits back and it thinks about it. It doesn't feel anything, it thinks about it. Right? And it can think and plan and speculate and have wonderful ideas and so forth. So the heart moves towards that, give me an answer, think about it. And the answer could be, well, you need to do this or do that, or, or it could be just this reaction of, well, it's his fault or her fault or the world's a pain, or you can't do this. It can be this kind of, um, you know, blaming strategy. Yeah. Because if we can't find an answer, then that the thinking mind can't find an answer. So that sense of the frustration of not being able to find an immediate resolution to my sorrow or frustration or whatever it is, that frustration gives rise to the experience called blame. And the blaming, I blame myself, I blame others in the present, or I blame people in the past, or I blame my upbringing, or I blame, you know, there's plenty of people around you can blame. 
men, women, um, the government, <laughs> capitalism, <laughs> God, <laughs> religion. It doesn't take long. <laughs> and if those don't work, I can blame myself. Being so stupid, gullible, frail, frail you know, reckless, impulsive, so forth. So, and so this, this is kind of what happens. Yeah. Or I just kind of basically shut down, and or I distract myself. Let's go somewhere else, get off the topic instead, and go and switch something on, get away from this uncomfortable situation. So we, we really have to go to the body, because if you don't go to the body, the heart will go to the thinking mind, which will just send out this spin, which doesn't resolve the topic. It just pushes the topic to you know, either you distract, you move out of the topic, or you close the topic by blaming something, and generally yourself. And so then as you blame yourself, you create this stupid person who then lives in your chitta and is a handy, accessible feature that you can blame everything on. <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere. You can just blame <laughs> and dump. And it's called guilt. Guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or inadequacy, any various language you can use for it. And as a loss of a very fundamental property for meditation and cultivation, the loss of what's called sadha, sadha, faith. Faith. And this faith is considered to be the really primary, um, primary heart quality before anything fruitful can happen, anything really useful can happen. When you're in the, in the territory of the heart, if there's no faith, there's no opening. You don't go anywhere. This in way is your doorway. When the Buddha, after his own enlightenment, came to meet his former friends, he said, those of you who can listen, bring forth your faith which means open your door, right? Open your door. It doesn't mean believe in something, it just means open your door. This is the first sign. If there's no opening, there's no learning, there's no processing, we're just going to be going through the same personal strategies over and over again. So the faith is just open the door, even if... You don't quite know what's inside you. Open that door. Now, if you've believed in the blamed person, the blamed person doesn't feel they have a door to open. They are. You know, they are the the failure or the guilty one or the person who couldn't make it. So the person stands in the way of the door opening. Now, of course, it can be the case the person feels, I'm great, I'm fantastic, everybody loves me, I'm a co-success, I don't need to learn anything. Again, the person stands in the door. They block the door. There's no opening, there's no deepening. 
Or the person could say, that's a really interesting idea, but right now I'm too busy to practice like that because I've got this and that to do and I'm, they also stand in the door. Yeah. So you've got to, you know, it's not about denying the person, it's recognizing, do you know what it means when I say open the door? It's unknowing, it's openness, it's the uncertain, the not preconceived, not even I will get something. Yeah. Not come in here, there's goodies in here. No, no, just open the door. And in the opening and the realization you can, the mind can open, there's a sense of touching into a stability of heart, which can see, you know, so again, that statement, it's like this now. That's very open, isn't it? It's also very stable, because you can say it's like this now, and that statement will be true every moment of your life. So it stands very simple and very stable, right? Um, it's like this, so you're open to it. And you try to back up that sense of stability with a stable body. So the jitta feels that sense of a firm, grounded presence, yeah? And space. So you pick up that bodily feature, that embodied feature. And that acts rather like having a friend beside you who's just holding your hand or backing you up, you know, covering your back. Yeah. Is that a hand on your shoulder? Is that? And not only <laughs> is that stable present, it also it breathes out. When it breathes out, it relaxes. And when it breathes in, it refreshes. And basically, what the heart loses touch with in its confused state is the ability to relax and refresh. It's too busy sorting things out and defending itself and working out what to do to relax. Sounds like a crazy idea. Relaxing with all this stuff going on. Yeah, just relax. So you connect your chitta, your heart, your awareness to the breathing out and the body does the relaxing for you. And it lets your, the energy of the relaxing breath has its effect on the chitta, which is it causes this energy of relaxation, the energy of relaxation to be felt. Then the very territory of the chitta begins to change. What seems so urgent and pressing and pointed and dynamic and unbearable and must get this sorted out because that otherwise terror will happen. When the relaxation comes in, all that landscape changes to, oh well, that's not so good. And Right, I'll have to see what's important in this. We're no longer in the panic, clutched, gripped state. We've begun to loosen up. 
and breathing in, there's always a given refreshment. You don't need to make your coffee, your cigarette, or whatever it is that picks you up. You just inhale, and there's something about something fresh and new is brought in, rather than the old, tired strategies and mind states. So it's very important to use this gift of the body with its energies of groundedness, spaciousness, and within that, the potent effect that occurs just through breathing out and breathing in, or letting them happen. And this brings to mind another you know, established feature the Buddha talked about as faith, the next quality is energy. These are called indriyas, or guardians, your allies, your supports. First is faith. If you don't open up, if there's nothing to feel is worth opening up, that you feel safe with, then nothing happens. If you can have that sense of, okay, confidence, I'll I'll try, I'll open up to this, then you have to uh, find or touch into the quality of energy, which is not necessarily, you know, powerful velocity or kundalini or um, effort even. It's the natural energy. The difference between energy and effort, right? Energy and effort are different things. Energy is just a given feature that we all have, we breathe in and breathe out, that brings energy through our body, doesn't it? Right? You, know, you breathe in, you breathe out, energy is moved around. You can't create it, right? but it's a given quality. If it's handled steadily, it becomes very supportive. If we pressurize it and push it with too much effort, then it gets strained. If we don't relax it, it gets tired. So there has to be this process where energy is allowed to circulate, breathing in, breathing out, arising and releasing. So this is energy. And, you know, if you look into any understanding of breath uh, on a neurological basis, they always say, you know, steady breathing is one of the healthiest things you can do because it calms the amygdala. The amygdala is the panic button in your brain which goes into the hippocampus, which starts all kinds of reflexes going on. So amygdala is the the alarm button. And if you've got a hot amygdala, there you're on edge, you're tense, you're pushy, you're forceful, you're urgent, uh, and so forth. But you you do not relax. And so what happens is that most of your energy is about doing and planning for the next thing and making sure the next thing's going to happen right. And you get this burnout. The system just cooks in that. And people can go on that trajectory for years and gradually what happens is the tissues begin to um, degenerate because there's not enough energy going into maintaining the immune system, the antibodies, the fundamental you know, uh, processes of embodied life. 
you know, people get autoimmune diseases, they get attention disorders, they get... Notice this is caused through stressing, which is hypercharged, hyperactive stuff. Yeah. So, well, breathing in and breathing out is the primary way to heal yourself from this. Now, of course, it doesn't happen like dropping a pill and you have to tune into it. But when we're tuning into breathing it out, we're not doing this in a, in a, a, a pressurized way, but just receiving the energy of breathing in and breathing out. It's not a narrow focus. It's a very open focus. And so this begins to provide a background of easy, accessible energy that moderates what the heart is going through. When the heart panics, everything seems fixed and and absolutely, you know, rock solid. And we generally panic and fixate on the worst possible scenario. That's the law. When you need to panic, the thing that comes to mind is the worst thing that could happen. And when you're into urgency, what comes to mind is that the fastest possible is the only thing that's realistic to do it as fast as possible. Everything else is just terrible wasting time. So we move, the chitta moves reflexively to its most hyperactive fixated state and this you know, burns you out. And of course it's encouraged <laughs> for productivity or for getting things done. The chitta doesn't even know how to relax. But the body does. So we come into that embodied state and just sending that. Even if things seem chaotic and disoriented, don't give it attention. Give attention instead to just the sense of relaxing. doesn't matter if it's disoriented. That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to have a totally flat landscape. It can be all kinds of stuff happening in it. We're trying to sit in the centre of our territory. Yeah. We're not saying the territory is going to be smooth and calm and peaceful. We just want to sit in the centre of it. Yeah. To be that Buddha with the wild world flowing around him or her. And that's in relaxing, resting, ground. Let the inhalation happen by itself. The third injury is called mindfulness, of which most of us have probably heard and read a considerable amount. And I'd like to make a very simple statement. Mindfulness is not necessarily about focusing on a particular point. It's not about um, concentrating. It's about maintaining, staying on topic, being present with. So we could be mindful of the space in the room. We could be mindful of the entire body sitting here. We could be mindful of the whole process of an outbreath, the energy of it. You don't have to focus on a particular sensation. And in fact, of all the topics of mindfulness that the Buddha recommended, there is no teaching on being mindful of sensations. That is his discrete 
physical, tactile experiences. There's mindfulness of feeling, which is the quality of pleasure or pain, and it's the mindful of breathing in and breathing out. And many people are taught that breathing in and breathing out is a matter of focusing on a particular sensation in your nostrils or your abdomen, but the Buddha does not teach this. There is no reference to that in the, in the suttas. What he does say is be upright, upright spine, know that you're breathing out, breathing in. So when you maintain that simple uprightness and make no further effort to concentrate your mind, make no further effort, be upright, feel the sense of uprightness and acknowledge what breathing in and breathing out feels like in that very way, you're going to notice an energy of refreshing and relaxing, strengthening and releasing. And that's that's your therapy. <laughs> yeah. And you receive it. It says you directly know it. It means you receive it. You're directly you're not thinking about it. You're not thinking about how to meditate on it. You're not thinking about which particular system you should use. Stop thinking about it. Receive it. Notice it. Train your thinking mind just to be observant of that process. So this is what leads to the fourth indriya called samadhi, collectiveness. Your mind will start to settle down and be composed. Another misnomer when we often translate samadhi as concentration, which is okay, whatever you want to do. But for most people, concentration is on a point. And in samadhi is not concentration on a point. You cannot find a single statement in the Buddha's teachings where he says concentrate on something. He does not say that. I've been looking at these texts for over 40 years and I've not seen this. And yet he uses the word samadhi very often. And what does he say? He says, when the body is relaxed and refreshed, the mind feels happy. Therefore, it is samadhied. It is collected. It is settled. You don't concentrate on something. Your mind just gets it together. It is in harmony. Right? So concentration is not an effort. Concentration is the natural result of mindfulness when there's energy and faith. And from that, wisdom begins to occur, discernment. You see things clearly, you're no longer so confused or, or reactive. You know, this is thoughts, emotions, and their nature is to rise and pass. They change, they're not self. Yeah. They're like this. They're not by themselves. The moods, the thoughts, the impressions by themselves are not satisfying or complete. Why get so bothered by them? That's their nature. So you begin to discern what you can disengage from. doesn't mean they don't happen. It means you're not bothered by them. You're not engaged with them. And this is how release occurs. Release occurs through that disengagement of being reflexively, reactively affected by, you know, what we feel. Doesn't mean we don't feel anything. It just means we're not clamping down or getting into a 
fuss about it. Then the felt processes can move through and they have their own trajectory. And what they're trying to do in a way is just move through and be completed. You know, life has got pain in it. And we don't like pain. So we try to stop it. But pain is not the problem. Pain is just a feature. Psychological pain is just a feature of something that needs to be opened around to allow it to travel through. Here's the pain of loss. Now all the feeling hurt about it was not going to make the thing come back. Same time, we can't say we enjoy loss. Okay, but then if I'm blocking that, that painful stuff is going to get stuck there. I have to open to allow that process to move through. Guilt, regret, I made a mistake, I've made a complete hash of this, I let people down, whatever. Not very nice at all. Okay. Now me getting you know guilty and uh, sorry, you know, all that getting agitated is not going to change it at all. But I have to open up to that and let some of that uncomfortable energy that move through. So we can move on. Things can move on. And we learn, you know, from life. So these five indriyas are the guardians that mean that uh, they mean your your life and your, your history and your karma is something then you're protected from the reactivity and the clinging and the fighting and the defending and the justifying and the blaming and the collapsing and the running away. You, know, you can live authentic and um, find in the middle of that there's presence, there's Buddha, there's compassion, there's sensitivity and there's harmony. So um, I don't want to keep talking. Let some of these, any of these themes that have struck you, you know, but the main thing is to get that Where's the center now? Where's the ground? Come into your body. And it's not a point in your body, it's the sense of feeling settled. And so that your mind, aha, yes, that's a given. I'm settled there. Yes, I have space. Yes, I have space. You think, now don't get too busy. Try to, within that, feel the upright axis and withdraw your interest from other topics. Just don't get in, just withdraw, get more interested in how does this experience of feeling upright, how does that express itself for you? How do you feel that? Yeah. You know, it's not forced up, it's not rigid. If it is, there's something not quite right about it. So it's a relaxed upright. And then from there, how do you sense breathing in and breathing out as a phenomenon? And can you open to that, trust it? Then pick up the sign, the quality of openness and trust. And let your heart keep touching into that. If you lose it, go back to your body, go back to your breathing, remain there. That's your friend. 
and keep a sense of openness, trust, stability, and let things flow through. We're going to feel a bit congested, uh, perhaps tired, exhausted, uh, kinds of worries and doubts. The landscape is not going to be nice and clean and steady and serene. But you can find a centre within that territory. You can find a centre within that. That centre will do what's necessary to bring around your well-being. Isn't that wonderful?